Okay. Ayis Lamed Hay. So in the in the new edition, it's page Shin Samach Zayin. There are some of the old um, editions over here. I don't know what page it's on the old one. Ayis Lamed Hay. It's Shin Samach Zayin. This is one of the most um, heart-wrenching pieces in the entire, in all of the writings of the uh, of the Piazetsna. I know I've said that before because you know each time you, you feel that way, that it couldn't it couldn't get any more intense, but it, it does. This is about again. This is not a regular tire. These are these are um, uncovering. An uncovering of the tzaddik's heart and teaching us something about what it means to daven. It's all this is to teach us how to daven and what does it mean to approach Hashem and how to appeal to Hashem. It's about the illness of his of the Rebbe's son. The Rebbe's son was an extraordinary tzaddik and had uh, that was his his only child, and and. Um, the story of his of his illness and then and the, then his his recovery from the illness and then afterwards the final the final end of his son the death of his son <clears throat> i don't think that there's any more profound poetic and moving description of a of a parent of a parent's concern and love for a child than, than you'll see here and again, it's very, very hard to it's very hard to translate. Well, let's try. Machlas Avne Shlita. He wasn't a little boy. He was in the thirties, maybe in this you know, late twenties, thirties. I'm not sure. Rebensina Limela. Uh, his son had terrible problems with gallbladder and, and kidney stones. And um, he suffered terribly from, from these machlas. Um, at the end of the year, Tafrei Sadik Hay, 1935. All the young time after that that time, he almost didn't leave bed. He wasn't able, wasn't capable of leaving bed. And on the 14th of Kislev, he had to be rushed with an ambulance to the hospital. <clears throat> I don't know what kind of an ambulance that was. It says Ezra Mihira. So it was a little faster than, I guess, the horse... <coughs> but he had to be rushed with an ambulance to the hospital. Matzav hamachla holach v'koshem yom liyom. We're in Islam and Hay. Matzav hamachla holach v'koshem yom liyom. The state of his illness <coughs> became worse each day. Ad shebi yom yud beis l'chaydish teves uchrachnul natecha. So until the twelfth of teves, then he had to have an operation. 
This is a very difficult operation. But after a few days, his, his, uh, he improved, his health improved. We had hope. We hoped that within a short time he would be entirely cured. However, on the 21st of Teves, Hamatzav Shuvhura. Once again, his condition worsened. Hadam Zov Mimkaim Hapetza. Blood was oozing from the place of the 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 uh, incision, the operate the wound. Vef Shohayalotzro. The doctors couldn't stop his bleeding. Hasakon Haisegadol. He was in great danger. Achrei Yisamtus Gadol. After much effort, Olabur Hashem Bideharofim Latzoras Adam. The the doctors were successful in stopping the blood. Veshuv Hutav Maat, and and he was a little better. Avlachrei Yomim Maatim. However, after a few days, Chazar Shetaf Adam. The blood started again. And the doctors all gave up hope. His appearance was terrible. He looked terrible. And the blood, that, the transfusions that he was receiving from many people, he wasn't able to hold. And he was he was vomiting, and he wasn't able to he wasn't able to uh, to continue like that. The doctors said that there, the hours, there are only a few hours left in his life. But Hashem, the 24th of Teves, on the, on the 28th of Teves, his condition improved. And then again, and then again, he had more complications. Pneumonia. And other and other problems with the bleeding, and even though he had many more new ailments following the surgery and and following this whole situation, the crisis, Hashem healed him in a very unnatural way, an amazing way. He was healed from these sicknesses. And everybody, the doctors, even those who were non-believers who didn't believe. Row as godless Abara, they saw the greatness of the Creator. And they saw the great miracle and they praised His name. In order for me to, in order for me to make, to permanently put into writing a little bit of the feelings of thanks that I had for Hashem at that time. Rashamti is a maimer hanaychichi. I decided to I decided to write down this maimer, this what we're lear, what we're learning now, this Islam at hey. V'lola salsa b'melitzas te'arti es sarusenu oz. He says the metaphors that I was that I, that I used to describe my son's uh, the suffering that he went through. He says I wasn't doing this to exaggerate or to just. To write something interesting. He says the reason that it's written in such a way is because is because the the terrible tsaris was so great and so intense that were before my eyes. And therefore, I just tried 
to accurately describe what I was feeling at the time. Now, one of the things that, that you would wonder about, he says, that I use the word Yelad. When I talk about my son, I call Yelad, which usually means what? A small child. As I said, he was a married adult. He says, And the name Yelad that I call my son a number of times, it's because of the great love and the great compassion that I felt from him at the time, that I, that I was thinking of him all the time, not as uh, my son, as a Hashem as a great Rav, but I was thinking of him as what? As like any parent, any parent whose, whose child is going through suffering, he was just my Yelad, he was just my, my son, my child, my baby. And that's why he says, I use the word Yelad because that's how I thought of him at the time. I was thinking of him just as, a, as, a, as my child. When the Rebbe first wrote this, of course, you see that he says, Benisha Yechia means that's when his son was, was, was still alive. Of course, by the end of this Torah, that's, that's already not, that's no longer in effect. Sheyechia may he live. Gam kol ha-ma'amorim bekuntras hazeh, ha-sheyesh bahem, dvarim shenirim kimelitzas, anything that you see in this little, in this, in this kuntras, meaning these few pages, that seems to you to be just some poetic, some poetic uh, use of Hebrew and descriptions that are very, very, that are very flowery. He says it's not, it's not because of anything other than what rakis hargeshasai, hargeshusa yusai, haboltos animesar velolasalsevlitzis. Because I, it's the best I could do to describe the stormy emotions that I was feeling. That's why I wrote it this way. Not because I'm trying to put together something interesting that people will read and enjoy. It's because this is how I felt. And so this is not... The Rebbe is clarifying, even though we, we really didn't need him to clarify this, but the Rebbe is clarifying this is not... It's not literature that's, that, we're going to, that we're going to be reading. Now, even though the Hebrew is certainly very unusual and difficult, but it's not like, you know, you'll find by... You, you'll find by... by uh, Poets and writers of the nations of the world, unbelievable, beautiful, flowery descriptions of nothing that was, of nothing that was, or writers who could talk about who could talk about love in such a way that that whoever would read the poem would fall in love with the next person to walk through the door. Whereas that person who wrote the poem, the poet was a hateful, spiteful, miserable person who who only loved himself. But when you read it, you think, Walt, who kind of a who knows what kind of a marriage this guy had? Who knows what kind of a hava? Like all these musicians now, that the, the song is about the hav, about love, and then afterwards, you know, the biography is uh, beatings and murders and who knows all kinds of crazy things. It was a hava, it was kind of hava. So the Rebbe is saying this: I'm not. This is not something that I'm writing as a writer. I'm just trying to accurately. I'm trying to accurately portray what I was going through, what I was feeling at the time, and, and therefore it came out in such a way. Okay, here we go. It's, this is this is really unbelievable. Esa libi el hashemayim, I lift my heart up to heaven. Vest filosi el elokai aranein, and I will sing my tefila to my God, to Hashem on Hashem. Please, Hashem, help me. Bamo aroyim help me. I don't know how can I ex- how can I exult in you? How can I praise your greatness? 
Vachasim and Ribe River Vice, even one in a million. For all the good that you have given me. As Todosi Ashir, I help me, I want to sing my thanks to you. Bayom Afbalailan, the day and the night. Bakal Aisvaina Navshi Haimabi. Every single moment of the day and night my soul is humming. It's, it's humming, it's to sing thanks, to sing, to sing. Even though people might not hear me singing, my, my soul is constantly humming. <coughs> and singing to you on the great kindness that you have given me, even though I'm totally worthy, unworthy. Me many sidrosh, I feel obliged. But in your presence... I'm afraid of being totally, it's totally inadequate. And I can't even, I can't even, I can't even pronounce, I can't say anything. I can't utter anything. I'm so overwhelmed and I feel so inadequate. Ona Hashem, therefore, please Hashem, I beg you. Please accept my chukah, my, my yearning to give you thanks. I can't express it. Kishire Niviacha, please Hashem accept it like the songs of your prophets. Visearev Lifanacha Daifke Libihakaisev and may the may the 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 these the my pulse, the beating of my heart that is yearning to do the right thing, to say the right words, may it be may it be pleasant to you, may it be sweet to you. Kivamikdash Tsilsile Liviacha, like the music of the Levium in the Besa Mikdash. I know Hashem that I, I really must go and dance in the marketplace in the streets. I feel that I have to go dance in the depths of the oceans. And I have to go to the highest of clouds. I feel I need to dance in the deepest place, in the deepest depths, in the highest heights amongst the stars. Loshir to sing Ulahachis and to proclaim. Baruchu Kulchem Hashem. I need to go tell the clouds and the and and the oceans. I need to go to the lowest depths and the highest heights and tell them to sing with me, to give praise to Hashem. The Tonu Yachad Niramim Hashem Kodesh, so that together we may praise His holy name. Ein Lecharishis Ulahachis Hashem. You have no beginning and no end. And so it is with the kindness and the goodness that you have shown me. Below Gvul, it's without boundary, it's without end. Why am I not worthy? To my dismay, why am I not worthy to be able to express my heart's rumbling? The rumbling of my heart. How come I'm not worthy to express it in words? And to actually sing this song. And the the flames of my soul, how come I can't sing to you? The visions, the the great visions that that your holy prophet saw, me and the stars, they're hidden from me. And how great is my pain. That even my soul, my neshama, 
This closed is shut to me. I don't have access to that deepest part of my own neshama. Forget about the secrets of the heavens and of the universe. In myself, I'm not even I'm not even privy to my own to the secrets of who of myself. I can't even enter into that deepest part of myself and release this song that I know must be must be sung. I must do this. I must say this, and I can't. Kahamon malochim b'makelas shirosim nafshenu tirash. I know, like like a multitude of angels in a, in a choir in a symphony, my the song of my soul is is is, is screaming. Manachnu bal nishma, but I myself, I am like a person who's deaf. I can't hear it. Now, as the Rebbe says, I know this is going on inside of me. This unbelievable music is taking place in my neshama right now because I know I know that this is something that is something that I feel, but I can't hear this song of my own soul. And the sweet songs of Hashem are still singing within us. Chavetzelsa Sharon is the rose of the of the Sharon is one of the descriptions, of course, for the Shechina that you remember from from Kinas. The Kirbeinu Zameira, the song, the sweetest songs of Hashem are are, are singing within me. But I'm like an idiot because I don't even know my own song. I don't even know my own song. I can't. I can't hear my own song. Therefore, I repeat and I daven. On Hashem, please Hashem, please accept my my yearning to give thanks to you. Like the songs of your prophets, and may my yearning heart, the beating of my yearning heart, may be pleasant and sweet to you. Like the songs of the Levim in the Besamekdish. And like we've seen in the past, this is this is a constant this this if you haven't noticed this until now, then it's it'll become very clear at this point that the Rebbe fluctuates from un, we've seen this every week over the last few weeks when we've been doing these tefillas. That he'll that there will be this unbelievable outpouring and yearning and craving, and then then suddenly he withdraws almost in horror. He he pulls back in in fear and in horror, and then he thinks about his his worthlessness, and it's 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 a very painful thing to see. <coughs> but this is what goes through the mind of a tzaddik. Hakol shevet biyadecha. All that exists in the world is a shevet, is a is a rod. To punish us, to chastise us for our avarice, a shaver, to give a patch. <clears throat> for our sins, to 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 punish us. And each rod <coughs> in your merciful hand, in other words, in the hand that that punishes us, that puts us through suffering. Is for the purpose of making us better. It's for the purpose of refining us. Obviously, the Rebbe first these feelings of thanks that he has that, that his son is feeling better. But then, of course, the thought is that why did my son have to be sick in the first place? Right? That's something that every every parent thinks of. So at the same time that the Rebbe feels the tremendous thankfulness and gratitude, 
he's thinking, of course, about why the suffering at all. So he says that every single rod of punishment in Hashem's merciful hand refines us, I believe it, to make us greater, to make us better. There is no reality other than you. There is no there's no nothing nothing exists besides your will. Hashem in your wrath. Hashem, when you're angry with us, the entire world seeks to destroy us. Everything seeks to destroy us. But Hashem in your kindness even hell will embrace us and give us a hug even hell will, will give us a hug fortunate is the person I this is the Rebbe fortunate is the person who sees your hand in everything the same hand that lifts up the shevet that lifts up the rod to give a patch is the same hand that embraces Fortunate is the Jew who knows this. It's the same hand that gives a smack and that pulls near. Fortunate is the person who can recognize the arrows of Hashem, even from a distance. He knows where it's coming from. He knows that it's Hashem. This person will will return from his, will do tshuva, will, will, will change his, his way of living, his, he'll no longer do averis. And shame from his averis, he'll stick his head in the ground. He will cry and he will scream. I've sinned. Please, Hashem. I will not, Hashem, help me to no longer rebel against your holy will. And Hashem, may I devote my entire life only to you. Hashem, save me from this sorrow. And with all of my soul, I will, I will serve you. Haskeni, strengthen me. Hashem strengthen me and then I will be so careful with my thoughts, my words and my actions to carefully follow all of your mitzvahs have pity my father and don't hide your face from me anymore look at me and heal me the Kolberamanishma, a voice is heard like the Rachli man, right? Kolberamanishma, a voice is heard from Rama. Rama, of course, means the place of Rachli man of compassion, the place where there's a, a Jewish mother that's crying for her children who are suffering. Kolberamanishma. Truas Melach. Machriza Yeshua. I hear the, the, the call of the king proclaiming salvation. Rotsa Hashem Atos Avdo Hashem once again Hashem once again is appeased and loves his servant. Ain called Teva Velotsara. Now there is no such thing as Teva's nature. What the doctors are saying doesn't make a difference anymore. There's no such thing as nature. 
Velo tsara, and there are no such thing as tsaras. Lo chuka, there are no longer any laws of nature. Velo mavuka, there's no longer any perplexity, any crisis. Hanoash mimachalosu yirape, the one who they've given up hope because of his sickness will be cured. As a mafarper, chayoyichya, even the one who is dying will come to life. The Rebbe says all of those who live, all who dwell, all who dwell in the, in the, in the depths of the oceans, everywhere in the world, wake up. All king, kings of the world, the chorei ha'aretz, and the holes in the ground, meaning all the, what I, I guess all the little insects, everything that exists, in, in, even in the tiny little holes of the earth. Ha'iru, wake up. Zamrul Hashem Zameru. And sing to Hashem. You see, he's talking about blowing the shofar, the psukim that we say. These are the psukim that we say when we blow the shofar. Kaf tiku kulcham, right? These are from the shofar. Uvmachol Hashem kodshon halal. And we should all gather together in a in a dance, in a circle, to praise Hashem. Kol nimtza, everything that exists, mikotan v'agodol, from the tiniest to the greatest, isha l'achiv yishtalev, let one, let one man join together with the other, v'kulonu yachad ha'olam v'tzeetzov, l'fnei ha'kelam eshi in the rakeh, and all of us together, the whole world, let's dance before Hashem who saves us. Well, Hashem kodshon nashir and sing to His holy name, atahu ha'kol, Hashem you are everything, v'zolos ha'enkol, without you there's nothing. You rule over everything. So whatever is done, everything that happens in the world is the act is the act of Hashem. This is our joy and this is our portion. Hashem for all the good that you have bestowed upon us. to sing and for your great kindness. We need to dance. As long as there's a breath of life within us, we will sing. And forever we, we, we will explode with dance. I have to tell you, Hashem, that when I saw your, when I saw your rod of, of, of what? Of punishment. When I saw that that left hand of judgment, of din, and, this, and my child was sick. My neshama almost left me. Whoever saw us, I guess he's speaking about himself and his rabbitson, whoever saw us in the hospital, whoever saw us wherever we went, they simply, they didn't know what to say. They just nodded their heads. Hisanchu, and they sighed. In other words, they didn't know what to say. Hisanchu, they sighed. Va'amru, and they said, it doesn't mean that they actually said, but in their gesture, it was clear to us what they were feeling. Hein govu. They looked at myself and my, and my wife, and they were thinking, Hein govu, these people are dead. They might as well die. When they have lost both worlds, this world and the world to come. That's what people are, that's what people were thinking about us when they looked at us with pity and they looked at us, they were nodding their heads and they gave a sigh. These these poor people they, they, they might as well die because they've lost 
all hope in this world and the next world. The Rebbe believed that his hope in the next world was depending upon his son. He believed that. Let them hope for death, that it should come quickly. When they looked at us, this is what they were thinking. These people should, should, they probably, they should just hope that death comes to them quickly. And each day they wake up and let them curse that day of waking, that they're waking up, that they should curse the day that they're waking up again and again through this misery. It would be better for them to sleep forever. To sleep forever in the ground. And Yerog Fu'ad built Sarid so that their bones will rot and nothing will be left of them. I'm sure nobody thought that. But that's how a person who's going through this, I guess, feels. That's how he feels. That's how he felt. He wasn't saying that people were constantly thinking that they should drop dead. That's not what it means. It means that the way that they felt was that there was absolutely no hope for them and, and there's no point in getting up in the morning. And, and the best thing would be for them to just, to just bury themselves in the ground and die. Because their lives, this is how people were looking at us. Sarah called Sarah. It was one, one Sarah after the other Sarah, just Sarah's. And their entire existence is one patch after another patch, one smack after another smack of Hashem's rod, of Hashem's punishing hand. Then he says, But then Hashem, in that worst time, just when it was getting to that point, it was the worst time. Then Hashem Gili says, You revealed your face to us. You came out of hiding, Hashem. You gave us life. In order that we should, we should praise you and thank you for your kindness. You gave us the strength to once again serve you. But all those who see suffering and fate as inevitable, those people who are saying, ah, they might as well die. There's no hope. Let all those people who see misery and suffering and fate as inevitable, let them be denied, let them be proven wrong. And let all those who rely completely upon the order of nature, science, medicine, let them, let them be embarrassed. There is no such thing as nature. There's no tsaras. There are no laws of the world. And there's no, complex, there's no um, perplexity. Crisis. Hashem Hu Elokim. Hashem is God. Who I call? He is everything. And this is what this is the this is the chizik that a person needs. I was um, the other day. I was in. I was uh, speaking to. Uh, I was speaking to the to the amazing chaver that works in Ohel, who's in Borough Park. 
to the uh, to the therapists and the social workers. They're really a, really an amazing group of people there. And you know they're involved with they're helping very very troubled troubled young people. Uh, they're doing good things. And I was talking to them. The subject that we were talking about was was um, how to how to how to help the kids cope with with the with the tsarist that we're, that we're hearing about. This is something that originally they they called me in the summer to speak, and it was about something like you know the something more uh, of the regular type of things to talk about chizik that they need chizik dealing with with these kids. But then after September 11th, so they they wanted me to talk about about something like this about this Indian. So I really was discussing. I, I, I think that they they made a tape. I guess they have the tape. I don't. I didn't take it with me, but. They really, I really was discussing with them the Indian of Bitochen. What does it mean to trust in Hashem? <coughs> What's the meaning of Bitochen? Because there is a, there is a oversimplified explanation of what Bitochen means that's, that's very often being conveyed to us and to the children in Yeshiva and to the, the kids, and the kids are hearing this and it's not working for them. What do I mean? Let me just explain very briefly because we can appreciate even more all that the Rebbe is doing over here. Some some people understand that bitochen means, very simply put, zayn good. It's going to be good. It'll be good. Everything's going to be fine. Nothing bad will happen. There is such a there is such a definition of bitochen that's true, and it's found in the writings of the Balshamtiv and his students in particular, and even from the earlier times, Rabbi Nevachai and others, and the Chavis Lavavis. And if you look in the Kedusha Slavi Parshas Bishalach, there's amazing stuff about that, where the Rebbe says there, the Bedichva says that to the degree that one trusts in Hashem, that's how Hashem will respond to him. And therefore, if one's trust is absolutely complete and there are no cracks in it, then take zayn good. It'll be good. It will it will change the situation and it'll be completely good. When they said that, they were not simple people. The Rabbi Levi Yitzchak from Baditsha was not a simple man. Neither was the Bolshevdev and neither was the Chavis Halavavis. That, however, is the level of great people. That is in a very, very sublime, exalted level that does not work for us or for our kids. You see, the problem in, in speaking to many of the, of the kids, during, especially during those few weeks after September 11th, so I, was talking to, I was talking to kids, especially, especially children who were, who were in the school with, with, with the children of my, my friend who, who was killed, and families, children that were... That, that, that saw what what had what was going on, so what they, what mostly what their teachers were telling them was that it's that it's going to be okay, and that's exactly what they were telling my friend's children when they couldn't find him, that they're going to find him, it'll be fine. The problem is that the kids uh, the kids realize that it's not always fine, like it's not always a good ending. 
So you could tell Sarla, it's going to be, nothing's going to happen, it's going to be fine, but she's, Sarla's thinking, she might not say it, but Sarla's thinking, I bet you that's what, that's what they told that kid. The, uh, the day that, that, the, that his father went to work. It's going to be, a, everything's going to be fine that day. It's not fine for her. Why should it be fine for me? No, I mean, it's a good kasha. They don't say it. They're thinking it. Everything's going to be just fine. Reality and the uncertainties of modern reality for the Jewish people and for the world, they just are not that clear. That's not the mahalach of bitachon that we could use. People like ourselves are not on such a madreig. If we would talk and be on that madreig, there is such a thing. And the tzaddikim were talking about it, and they felt it. But we're not holding by that. We're just simple people. We're trying to, we're trying to muster up some emuna. Bitochen, as the Chazanish explains, bitochen doesn't mean that. I'm not going to go into a whole explanation of what it is. Really, it's a separate discussion. But, but basically, bitochen doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out the way that I want. Bitochen means that I, every moment of my life, every single moment, and when I'm, especially when I'm going through this difficult time, I have complete and utter trust that Hashem has not abandoned me, that He's with me, and therefore, if He see, if He sees fit, Hashem can bring salvation. Not that He will, but it's not lost because every single moment He's with me, and even if God forbid the results are not what I was hoping for, it's not chas v'sholem because He is He has disappeared from my life, or He hates me, or He's, or he's rejected me, He's turned away from me. It's the feeling of being constantly in Hashem's presence and trusting and knowing that Ulai, therefore there can, there can be salvation. Not that there definitely will be, but it's not lost. There can be. And if God forbid that person dies, then it means to accept and to continue living with Hashem and loving Hashem and trusting in His, and trusting in His goodness and His kindness. Obviously for the other person who was only told it'll be good, so if the results don't come out that way, the child or the adult has very little emotional hardware or software to go on I mean basically the way a kid told this to me not not uh, it wasn't over the mice of September 11th it was the child who lost Nebuchadnezzar parent kid told this to me he said in this lotion he said my Rebbe lied to me my Rebbe lied to me I said, what do you mean? He said, my Rebbe told me my father would be fine. And my father died yesterday. He said, my Rebbe lied. So I said, God forbid, your Rebbe didn't lie. That, that, that was when your Rebbe said that to you, he was davening. He wasn't, he wasn't stating a fact. Only Hashem knows who's going to live and die. Or, or, or Navi knows. We don't, we don't know that. Your Rebbe was just davening. When he said your father was going to be fine, he was just saying, Ona Hashem That's all he was saying. He was, he was davening. But the kids don't, they don't chat. They don't. They don't have. See the this whole this whole <clears throat> feel of the Rebbe and the thanks and the and Hashem, the way that he speaks about over here in this last paragraph. Ain't called teva, called sorrow. That's the point. The Rebbe is strengthening himself during this difficulty to to know that my child's life is not in the hands of nature. 
my child's, my child's existence is not in the hands of science. That's what he's saying. He knows that, he knows that the existence of his child is uncertain. Otherwise, he wouldn't be tzibrachin. He doesn't, he, does, he's not, he doesn't think that everything's going to be just fine and dandy. He doesn't, you know, even though Lamaisa, we all, we all, uh, celebrated, you know, Walt Disney's yard site yesterday. It doesn't, you know, his portrayal of, of life is not really accurate, and he himself didn't live that way. You know, everything is whistle while you work. It's just, it's just not, it's not the way it is. You know, it's not the way it is. The Rebbe, so the Rebbe, the Rebbe was, was very much aware of the possibility of his son dying. <clears throat> his tefillah, his davening, his tefillahs, to, to, to reveal the kindness of Hashem in his life, in the life of his child, is to strengthen, him, to strengthen himself, to mamish give strength to himself and to his rabbitson, that our child doesn't depend upon anything other than the Rabbani Shalman. He's with us every single moment. He hasn't, he hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us. And you see this in every sentence of how we should be thinking and feeling God forbid, we should never know from Tsaras, but and the chizik that we should give other Jews. The chizik, you have to be very, very careful when you give chizik. Chizik doesn't mean, nah, it's fine, don't worry about it, just go to work, it's going to be fine. The chizik is Hashem Imcha, Mimamokim Krasi, Mimamakim Krasi, Hashem, Hashem Tzilcha Yad Yiminacha. Let's think of something that we could do together. Let's be Mamshech Baruchas and Yeshuas into our lives. Let's but the Rabbani Shalom is, it, it's not, it's not that God forbid he hates you. You have these, you know, these, these things that, <coughs> I can tell you the kinds of things that, that have been said to children that some of you and myself heard when we were, when we were kids. But when, the, when there's, when there's sorrows, the kinds of things that children are told, and then you expect them to recuperate and to be, and to be healthy, functioning adults, it's, uh, it's, it's almost impossible. I, I I mentioned to you that that there was this whole thing in um, this whole thing in my 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 daughter in Israel. So she was in not in her school. She went to a certain talk in Yushalayim, not in her seminary, but she was in Yushalayim someplace. And there were a couple hundred people, so and the schmooze. And the the rabbi was the entire shear was my my daughter said was basically this. The Twin Towers fell. And all the idiots in America, this is what the rabbi was saying. My daughter told me, all the idiots in America, they're running around saying, oh, Shmerel was saved because he said, Slichus writes, he got to work 10 minutes late and he wasn't in the World Trade Center. And Beryl uh, went outside for a cup of coffee. And Chayesara uh, had to stay home because the kid didn't feel one, didn't go to school. These were the idiots in America saying. So my Siri said she was saying this. Is, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what my parents have been talking about. That's what we're thinking, yeah. And in front of hundreds of people, he said, all of this, this stupidity, but they, they don't realize that all that God is telling them, that they're Rishoyim, they're wicked, and that they're next... 
and that every single step of life they're in danger of being blown apart just like the world trade. This is, this is what? There was somebody, and people sitting there listening to this, hundreds of people, my sir, he said, she ran out. Wow, Hashem. She's a healthy girl. And she, and she, and she knows that, she knows that this is, this is coming from the wrong place. It's coming from a very dark neshama. And, and she ran out from the place. She, she called me up and, uh, it's hard to believe. I said, if a Shalom, who, what's going to be with your children? What's going to be with them? This is what they need after September 11th. This is what, this is what they need to hear. It's bad enough that every single person walks around because if this one said Lashnara, or this one said, did a little bit of an Averla, so that, that he thinks, that this one thinks that you hate him, that you hate her. And now, if they weren't convinced of that, then they have to be careful how they go in the street because, because the next building is falling on them because there's such Rishayim. Such Rishayim, who are these people that they're talking to? Who, do they, who are they, that this, that this Russia was talking to? Which I would like to tell him to his face he's a Russia for saying such. I don't mean to Russia, but that was a Rishis. I don't know the man. But that was a Rishis to say such a thing. What do these people do that's so terrible? What, they go to the Kaisal to Davin Vasikin? That's their Averis? Huh? Yeah, what, I'm a Kulim. Forget Sadiqim. In other words, I, I couldn't believe it. So. He was making fun how people are telling stories, people are telling Maisim about how this guy was supposed to be in the World Trade Center and he had a Yeshua. Maisim, look. Could you imagine that? But that's all the doubt, that's all the davening, that's, that's to believe in Ashgacha Pratis. I, I personally think it's Kfira Mamish. I think it's Apikarsis to talk that way. I would tell him to his face. It's Apikarsis. A Jew has a Yeshua. Even the smallest Yeshua, you 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 you, you thank the Baruch you kiss his hands. A person got to work late that morning, like a Valdig Yeshua. So you say it's maybe I'm not Zoycher, my Zaydin, my Bobby, I don't know why I had a schus. I said Slichas this morning, it's not a schus that a Jew says Slichas. No. Rishoyim, and you're getting it next if you don't do tshuva. You're getting it next. Hundreds of people were there. And Sabrochin and nodding their heads, oh, Gewaldig, it's a Gewaldig. What are we going to do? So tell me something. They're going to walk out being better Jews, Anachtegetog. For, for a day. They'll be, they'll be careful, they'll watch for a day. But any God that, that is tumbling buildings upon innocent children is not one that you want to dive into. It's that posture. To a child, it's that simple. You could frighten them into doing it. Okay, what am I going to do? You know, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to die. I better, I better say Maidani. I better watch Negovasa. He sounds like he's pretty angry, this guy. I better do this stuff. So you, could, you, could, you, you, could, you could scare the kid and push him into a corner. That's talking. What does it mean to trust in Hashem? When you trust, it means you love. And the problem that, that the children have and that we have is, how do I continue trusting and loving Hashem when I see that there are things that are crazy that are happening in the world, that are, that are painful, and there are p- friends that I have that are missing parents? So how can I continue trusting and loving? So, you could read all kinds of ma'amorim on the subject, but when, you, but when you see how it's tzaddik davens, and here you see how it's tzaddik is, is dealing with this, with this with the, with the, ultimately would turn out to be the death of his son, but the way that the tzaddik is struggling. 
And he's aware of, the, of that hand of Hashem of Din. He's aware of it. He understands. He believes in that as well. We, we know there is Din in the world. That guy that gave that Shia to the people in Yushalayim, it's not altogether wrong. Because you know, Shekhar Einam Raglam, when something is completely false, it can't, it can't come into existence. I mean, there is some truth to it. There's Din. I'm not saying there isn't Din in the world. But what a distortion. What an exaggeration. What a misunderstanding. What a misunderstanding. I get Shia. If you would share with him some of the teachings of the Piazetsna, some of the Tfilas, he'd make fun of that too. Guarantee. Yeah, I heard he was a Heilige Yid. I know, I know. He was a holy Jew, but uh, this is not our derech. This is not our way. I, I know this, this heaven. This is not our way. It's not our derech. Since it's not your derech like to give life to people. It's not your derech to have simcha. It's not your derech to... To want to daven, to want to learn, what's your derech? It's not your derech. It's not our mahal. It's not our. It's not our Huh? Sorry, Yeah. Well, though, the people say there's a big shear on the need of what happened. So she she was going to get some chizik and some. And uh, can you imagine? You, you, just after the, the just after the, the buildings fell, you walk in and someone throws another building on your head. It's like one thing after the other. So I was thinking, I mean, it's hard to believe, like, you know, thank God. So n- nobody that she knew, you know, was uh, in such a situation, although she knows my friend. But, but, but you know, there are people there that are listening to this. And, uh, and I asked her, were there any other people that, that, that uh, were there any other people that left? You know, did you see people getting up before or anything like that? She said, no, I took three of my friends with me. You know, we, we left. I said, we're getting out of here, this is crazy. But uh, she says, no, the Yushalmis and all these people, they sit there. And, they, and they, you know what? Why should they? Because they get in the classroom the next morning anyway. They're going to get the same stuff in the classroom. They got it early and they're getting it later. Most of them, that's what they get in the classroom too. Same same mahal, same, same thing. And after hearing such a speech, like matters like he ends with the, we should be zorich with the gulash, let me meet this, oh man. <laughs> like, you know, everybody's like, you know, what do you... <clears throat> So to serve a God that, 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 that hates you, or that is every single second is going to destroy you. No. To believe the Rebbe here knows this suffering. But look, at the, look at the strength of his amun and Hashem's love and Hashem's kindness. It's really amazing. This is what it's all about. The last two lines. Hashem will look him. Who I call. He says I call. Hashem is God. He's everything and, with it, and, and, and because of him. Everything is because of him. He brings the dead back to life. He heals the sick. He makes life for the living pleasant. He makes life pleasant for those who are alive. Please Hashem. How can I repay you? And how can I sing... <coughs> For your kindness, Achas min ribe revavas, one of the million good things that you've done for me. Ma koychi, what strength? Ma yecholti, lahaydus lecha. I don't have the strength and I don't have the ability to thank you properly. If ain't saif, ain't tachlis, and there's no end to this, to, to what I, to the gratitude that I need to show you. Atu hu akol. Hashem, you are everything. How dare 
I defile the world, which is which is a revelation of your holiness with my with my disgusting actions, with the things that I do that are wrong. How should I, how could I even do such a thing? Everything that happens, Hashem, you are the one that makes it happen. No, the whole world is a, is a reflection of Hashem, your glory. So how could I pollute? How could I pollute the holiness of all that you're doing in this world with, with my own filth? Hashem, in everything and despite everything. My all all that I yearn for is to serve you. Av dibureinu, even my words, amachshavasena, my thoughts, beemes beemuna yakti shucha, with truth and with faithfulness, shall praise you. Veheim yecholas haboas todoseinu, since I can't actually, I can't actually properly convey my thanks. May my thoughts and feelings convey the convey. The uh, great thanks that I have, Hashem. Rachem na Hashem have pity. Kashreinu betov cheftzenu zela Attach me. Tie me up. Betov cheftzenu zela. But this good thing that I want, that I'm feeling. Vazreinu levatzeis kedushas chukaseinu Hashem. Help me to carry out the holy yearnings that I have. Lanetzach forever. Now it's back to what's going on with his son. For a minute. Shoah uva asa. Shoah means utter destruction. Uva asa penechen kach zaamos. He's speaking to his son at the time when his son was, was very sick. And he was looking at him, he said, your dreadful and horrible appearance, appearance of your face, it looks like utter desolation, destruction, the way that you look when he was looking at his son. Who has, who has sculpted on your face this, this, horrible, this horrible look that you have? That, that melts every every heart that looks upon you, that which, that looks at his son, that sees his face, how terrible he looked at that time. And would again would would, would melt and destroy any any anybody that would, that would look at the, at the at your fearful at the fearful terrible. Appearance of you. Who sculpted this? Hashem, who is infinite, must have sculpted this look upon your face. Only Hashem is capable of sculpting such such infinite such such an infinite horror upon your face. Therefore, he says, Rachim na Hashem. But now, Hashem, I beg you for Rachmanis. And from now, direct me with your right hand of love. Please stop tormenting me with your anger. 
Hashem, I think this means that to to be angry with your cow means means no more no more anger, no more wrath, no more concealment. And don't let even don't let in my imagination run away with me and frighten me. Hashem, I'm very afraid of you. I'm afraid of you of your anger. My heart is contracting from the burden. And when I remember the, the, the din, when I remember the, t- the difficult period, he says that my flesh, my, my flesh shrivels. Like the roar of the predator in the eyes of its prey. Like the scream of the predator in the eyes of the of the prey when when the blood is being when the blood is being sucked out and the heart is being ripped out. That's how I feel when when I see when I when I see your your, your the din when I see the, the strictness and the anger. Odes ozne yitzra. It pierces my ears. Ves nafshi yikra, and it tears my soul. Ma'oyim hu hasha'ol. How horrible and how frightening is hell. Kam achash nemlotim even after one has escaped from it. In other words, when I think back on that hell that we were going through at that time, the thought of that horrible time is, is still still terrifies me. The thought of that still terrifies me. How awful and terrible is hell even after one escapes. That's what he's saying. He says, Oy, the terrible, terrible, fearsome nights. And sitting up at night in the hospital with his, with his son who was dying. Those nights, he says, those terrible nights. For the rest of my life, my bones... Tremble when I when I remember when I think back upon those terrible nights in the hospital. As long as my nisham is in me, my God and my my strength, the one who saved me, I will praise. My son who saved me. With his great compassion, he didn't allow my heart to explode, to be shattered into a million pieces. Let's finish here. The lights in the hospital are almost out. The lamps they're turning they're, they're turning out. It's getting, it's late at night, and the lamps are almost out. And even the remaining ones that are still lit, they di- are dimmed. I mean, the depressing feeling in the hospital at night. Because during the day, there's a little more chizik. But the Rebbe is describing the feelings in the hospital as they're, as they're starting to turn down the lights and turn off the lights. And he's sitting in the hospital room with his son. There's a, a, depressing, a depressing darkness has spread over the room. That makes everything feel heavy. As halev, as hamoach, as kol haguf machbidim, 
the heart, the mind, the entire body are weighed down with this darkness. Ein kol regish, vein kol Hashem. I can't feel anything, and I can't think of anything. Rak ofel ve'etzev, only darkness and sadness. How can I just sit here? Do I really have such courage to just continue sitting here next to my son in the hospital? Do I have the courage to sit here in this darkness? After such a living through such a, a, a horrible, a horrible day, and now to be awake through such a terrible night, can I continue? Come upon me, may I hayom how many times today, Hashem, that my kishkas, my intestines, were turning around inside of me? And only because Hashem is only because Hashem, you gave me strength, was I able to what? Was I able to continue to daven, to serve you, and, do, and to continue doing mitzvahs when the doctors and the nurses told me that my son's soul is going to be given back in a moment? How else could I have continued living and davening? When all the doctors and nurses say, said it's just a matter of moments till, till, till my son's going to die. When he fainted, when he was unconscious in a coma after the operation. It was only with terrible, terrible difficulties I was able to continue davening and being a Jew. How could I continue sitting here now? But now Hashem, the world has ceased to exist. I don't even feel my own existence. All my existence is turned to one thought, one thing, everything. There's no longer a world and I no longer exist. There's only this one thought that exists. My only son, he says, the point of my life, Hamasukan who's in danger, Hanishpat who's being judged, Hamas Abek who's struggling, Ha'oimed al Khoid Svas who's standing by the edge of the ocean, meaning by the edge of life, who misnanea ben Ha'oilumu ben Hatahom, Who's trembling, who's 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 shaking, who's moving between what, between life and death, between this world and the emptiness. I sit on the edge of his bed, and I'm trembling, I'm shaking. My heart is shriveling. And I feel that my, I, I feel that I'm suffocating. I'm being strangled. Hoy beni, my son. I'm looking at your face. I'm still able to hear a little sound coming from your parched and tired lips. Pale and tired, the parched lips. And who knows? If tomorrow, I'll be able to still hear that sound. 
Im Yom HaMachras, any Batuch, I am not certain what will be tomorrow. Megarish Anis HaMachshavas Hayumas VaMachridas, I quickly try to push away from my mind these horrible thoughts. And I yell at myself saying, Have trust and have faith. And I try to strengthen all that I can within me. As long as he's still alive. One must strengthen himself and to scream out to the compassionate Father. And I'm trying. And with a body that's trembling, I now turn to you again in Davin. We'll continue, Mr. Shem, with this tefillah, with the final tefillah, Mr. Shem. Next, next week.